So there wasn't quite the turnaround that you might have expected after Chinese officials denied that they were giving up on zero COVID. Perhaps because not everyone believes them. There's the whole argument that you can't have smoke without fire. But all this will they or won't they talk might fall into the background if there's a surprise on US CPI numbers later on in the week. And who knows, one day this week, maybe Donald Trump is going to announce that he's standing for the presidency again as well. It's Tuesday, the 8th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, markets didn't exactly turn around as China supposedly was looking set to stick with its zero COVID policy, but that seems that's not the case, or is it? We'll we'll talk about that today. The Nasdaq up 0.9% at close. The S&P 500 1% up. The Dow is up over 1.3%, all climbing sort of towards the last couple of hours of the session. The Eurostox 50 was up 0.6% at close. Same for the DAX, while the FTSE 100 fell half a percent. Uh, but the pound up 1.2% against a 0.6% rise in the euro, which is about the same as the fall in the US dollar. Well, actually, the, the dollar 0.7% down on the DXY. The Aussie is pretty flat, up ever oh so slightly, just below 64.8 US cents. And bond yields are rising up 10 basis points for 10-year gilts in the UK, up 5 for German bonds and 6 for the yield on 10-year treasuries. Aussie 10 years are up 6 basis points, although we're yesterday to 3.9%, up a further 8 basis points on future since then, so just a couple of points away from 4%. And oil down uh, mostly late in the session again, a 0.8% drop in WTI and a 0.6% fall in Brent, down to around $98. And it's Taylor's uh, Denab's Taylor Nugent uh, in Melbourne joining me today. So, Taylor, these moves I went through, I mean, they don't tell the whole picture because uh, there's quite a bit of volatility still around. So some of those numbers are a bit up and down. But the news from China over the weekend that zero COVID is alive and well uh, and is still closing things down, we didn't have a retraction from that on the market because... Well, there's rumours that, no, it's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, uh, and there is still uh, a plan to to ease off. In fact, a headline in the Wall Street Journal, China weighs gradual zero COVID exit, but proceeds with caution. Uh, So that's why we're not seeing the retraction in the market. There's still hope that China is going to move in that direction. Yeah, good good morning, Phil. I think that's probably a fair enough summary, really, those kind of China headlines and and weighing up what the what the future of zero COVID looks like does seem to be contributing to a a bit of volatility in the market. We saw a kind of partial reversal of some of those moves from, from Friday. Um, As we, as we started the week, the Aussie fell around, around 1% um, hitting an an intraday low of of 6402. But kind of, as you say, as the, as the day has, has ground on, that's kind of largely reversed. And so the, the net impact of that, those comments from the the um, National Health Commission on on Saturday, you know, emphasising their unswerving support for for zero COVID is is pretty small, really. When you look across where where market prices are at at the moment, um, equities in in Hong Kong were, were higher, up two point seven percent yesterday. Um, mainland Chinese shares were were a little bit higher as yeah. well, um, and so you know, not much net effect there. And you know, certainly helping that cause was. Um, headline um, that you mentioned from from the Wall Street Journal. Well, let me let me read a line from that because it feels like it's clutching at straws a little bit. It says Chinese leaders are considering steps towards re- considering steps towards reopening after nearly three years of tough pandemic restrictions, but are proceeding slowly and have set no timeline, according to people familiar with the discussion. So there's unnamed people saying that well we're going to do it sometime, but we're not going to say when. Doesn't sound very compelling, does it? 
Yeah, yeah, and I think it just shows the the sensitivity to those those reopening plans. There certainly <laughs> wasn't anything in there kind of arguing firmly against the the commitment that the um, you know officials o- over the weekend reiterated in, it's in the be near term. For a while. Um, but you know, yeah. consistent with um, that kind of that kind of view that you know there are there is an appetite among officials in China to start making preparations to, to, to kind of move away from the current settings. And, you know, the timelines there are, are fairly long, um, you know, citing, again, mm. those, those same people familiar with the matter, timeline stretching sometime to near the end of next year um, is the kind of the kind of timelines that are being talked about here, but certainly kind of adding adding some kind of credibility to to those rumors that something is being considered even if it's you know fairly clear that there's not not kind of going to be any kind of big changes in in the short term well maybe the belief is they've got to do something because it is hitting trade because that the balance of trade figures yesterday i mean that was a real downside surprise wasn't it for october uh, exports year on year uh, well they were 5.7% up in september but down 0.3% in october so from 5.7 to down to minus 0.3 that's quite a fall and imports also falling so you know they have to do something yeah yeah i think i think that's right so certainly through that wall street journal article as well it was pretty clear that it was just about this balance that the the impact on the economy is is very large and and you know not just on you know the activity but also it's very costly the the amount of testing and and the the restrictions on 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 movements um involved in those policies as well um, and you know some some evidence of that in in the trade data as well, um, and just kind of emphasizing the economic challenges that China has are there, and that you know one concern here as well certainly would be that exports, which have been kind of a, a you know a, a saving grace of the the kind of growth outlook um, recently amid kind of you know strong demand for for Chinese goods exports over, over the last couple of years, some further signs in in that downside surprise in trade data that maybe there is some kind of softening in in global demand that is that is weighing so. You know, as you say, exports surprising lower down 3.3%, sorry, 0.3% year on year in October and against expectations for an increase of 4.5% year on year. So a very sharp yeah. downside surprise um, and kind of, you know, looking across the detail, there does seem to be kind of a, a pretty clear drop in volumes there. And then um, there's also kind of a, a bit of a fallback in some of these goods products that have been, you know, benefiting from very high goods demand over the pandemic period, like clothing, computers, um, furniture, these sorts of um, these sorts of things that had been benefiting and, and in the last few months benefiting from some kind of easing of, um, you know, su- supply restrictions and, and logistics that had been helping volumes. But it does look like in the in the latest figures that kind of waning global demand backdrop is a, a key yeah. factor to that slide. Exactly. It's not just supplies, it's demand falling as well. Absolutely. So we saw German industrial production, though. That was better than expected, up 0.6% month on month in September. But then they revised the August number down further. So if we look over the two months, it's, it's still down quite a bit. So we shouldn't get too excited about it. But I mean... Uh, so, but, you know, so over two months, it's, a, it's still a pretty dismal picture for Europe. And of course, that is raising the question about whether in Europe they are going to be, uh, you know, a little bit more reluctant, the same as perhaps in with the Bank of England to, to move too quickly or even much further. And yeah, explain this to me. Why are almost everywhere today bond yields rising? I mean, there's no no sign of inflation getting worse. There's uh, no sign that banks are necessarily going to be uh, going any harder. 
and yeah, yield's still rising. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, interesting. Certainly, those German industrial production numbers um, a little bit more resilient than expected. You'd have to say up 0.6 percent on on the month. But yeah, as as you mentioned, looking through kind of the last couple of months, that slowing is pretty clear. And again, the stories are are pretty similar with those more energy intensive industries in the in the um, chemical industry weighing. Um, on on growth and you know certainly not too much to look forward to um, looking forward as well with the kind of a, a further drop back in in new orders evident in that data as well um, in terms of what we've seen in um, bond market pricing there doesn't seem to be kind of any big fresh catalyst today in terms of um, what's going on in in bond market moves just kind of continuing to digest the um, the, the implications of, of mm. the Fed last week. I have seen some reports citing um, kind of a, a um, large amount of, of new corporate supply um, helping helping it at the margin. But yeah, certainly looks like right. Just kind of continuing to, to, to digest the the outlook for for the Fed and that kind of you know slower potential for slower pace of hikes, but but moving higher. Than and I guess we're, we're getting CPI this week as well, aren't we? So we you know there's going to be a bit you know if that is a high read, then that's a big concern. So there's going to be you know and we've had a, quite a few surprises lately, like jobs for example. So if we get a high CPI read, maybe there's a bit of positioning for that. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So certainly you know CPI very big event this week along along with the US midterms. Mm. And certainly across a lot of the U.S. price action, U.S. equity markets have been kind of pretty directionless. Um, um, and, you know, I think it is just kind of a, a looking looking ahead to, to CPI later in the week. But midterm, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, that normally uh, wouldn't influence markets too much. It seems like it's going to deliver gridlock. We talked about this yesterday. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? It means we get all those fiscal cliffs again and we get all that politicking ensuring that uh, nothing ever gets delivered uh, the, perhaps the bigger question is whether uh, if the republicans do really well does donald trump uh, stick his head above the parapet and announce that he's going to be president again in 2024 i mean there, there could be a reaction to that news on the markets couldn't there yeah yeah so i think the the u.s midterm elections kind of polling there um seems to give the the republicans a, a lead in in the house and kind of looking likely that they'll they'll retake the house and then a, a bit of a closer run thing in in the senate but maybe again the republicans with a a small edge there um and so you know the results to those elections will be will be closely watched some counts in in key states um states that are key to kind of senate control um, might take a, a couple of days, so it could push into into Wednesday um, um, before we kind of get get a clearer picture um, of of kind of Senate control, especially. But yeah, I think you know as you were talking about with with Sky yesterday, in terms of the the implications for um, for those midterms, there's kind of you know certainly commentary out there that kind of more more gridlock means less policy uncertainty which could be potentially um supportive but then at the at the same time you've got kind of the risks of those debt ceiling issues and other things rearing their head again and then also potentially question marks about the kind of ongoing commitment to support for ukraine as well also there in the background but yeah as as you say um you know, after the midterms, it's only a short couple of years to the presidential elections. And so you could, you know, potentially see that kind of presidential um, 
you know, election cycle kick off fairly soon after that, um, especially with kind of noises from from Donald Trump recently that he might be looking to run again. Yeah, well, look, today the NAB business conditions are out. Also, the Westpac consumer confidence rate, that's, that's going to fall, presumably. I mean, if interest rates rise, mortgage costs go up, consumer confidence falls. I mean, is that what we're going to see again today? And, and also uh, the RBNZ's two-year inflation expectations survey for New Zealand. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch, you know, uh, how much is it taking to get inflation knocked into shape uh, over the ditch. Uh, and uh, what else are we getting today? Small business optimism in the United States and uh, Eurozone retail sales as well, which uh, for September, they were down 2% last time. They're still expected to be down again today. So um, yeah, a few things out today. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a, a few things on the calendar, mostly second second tier data internationally. But then, yeah, domestically, we do have the the NAB survey and that and that consumer confidence read. Consumer confidence has been kind of mired at at very low levels, kind of similar to what you've seen in, in a lot of places internationally, despite the the resilience in in household spending that we've seen so far. Um, and you know, I guess it is just a question mm. of you know the the RBA has. Um, that that smaller increment of hikes, but still kind of continuing on. What kind of what kind of effect is is that going to have in in the month on consumer confidence? Was certainly last month some evidence that um, that step down in hikes was was supportive at at the margin. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, it's midterms. COP twenty seven has kicked off as well, of course. So a few notable speakers there. I'm not sure that's going to change the dial too much. It is U.S. inflation later in the week, isn't it? That everyone's hanging out for. I'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Taylor. Thanks, Phil. I'm not being dismissive of COP27, by the way. I just know that we hardly ever get anything concrete coming out of these talks, which is a bit of a shame because obviously it is the most important issue that we all face. But anyway, that's it for today. That's We're not going to fix that problem today. That's the morning call for today, this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.